Longing, Rusted, Furnace, Daybreak, 17, Benign, 9, Homecoming, 1, Freight Car. Have I been activated? Did that activate me? I mean, if you're the Winter Soldier, I am guess. I, am I a Russian spy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen and undercover CIA operatives, welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Podcast, where we do mediocre research and give our unwanted opinion about a topic that you probably don't care about. I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, <laughs> one who is not wearing pants. I'll let you guess on that one. This week, we're going to do a deep dive into some um, used-to-be top-secret CIA government um, operations. Something that uh, men who stare at goats type stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I think I think really um, where we should start off this is kind of just the basis of what um, of what made our government start looking at these programs. Um, and I don't know I don't know how much you guys know about that, but I guess since ancient history is my kind of thing, I can give you a thirty second what got us interested. So during World War II, when we started taking over. Um, Germany, we started when we went to Dachau, when we went to Auschwitz, we went to all these places. We started noticing all these awful things the Germans were doing. But then we started noticing um, also what the Gestapo was doing. And they were trying to use these scientific techniques to get an intelligence advantage on their enemies. So at that time, the CIA was the OSS. And it was underneath the Department of War. Um, and so the OSS started looking at that and and then as we started going into the Korean War, and we were worried about our soldiers being brainwashed, they were like, oh, we need to really start looking at this on our end. So, Tristan, do you want to take it from there where our end kind of starts? Yeah, so um, a couple things on that. The, the OSS um, was technically not a military asset. It was a government asset. So... Men that were employed by the OSS and were overseas in Europe conducting these operations for the OSS were technically civilians. So the yeah. rules um, of war did not apply to them. So they were able to do, kind of do some more shady kinds of things, stuff that you kind of think of um, the CIA doing in the first place, honestly. <laughs> but kind of laid the groundwork. Kind of gives you a background into the OSS. They were known to, to dress in... Um, because back then, even though in World War II we didn't do the gentlemanly warfare type thing where we mm-hmm. go out and shake hands on the battlefield beforehand and line up on two sides and fire muskets at each other, we still had a type of like respect Code of conduct. for the people we were fighting. Yeah, so, you know, you wore uniforms and uh, treated prisoners with, with uh, respect and, and stuff like that. The OSS didn't do that. They wore um, civilian attire and conducted operations um, kind of underground and undercover. Right. They worked but a lot with the French resistance, to, right? Yeah, yeah. the The French and Polish resistance, yeah. they worked a lot with. Kind of a lot of early Green Beret stuff. That kind of gives you background on them, but yeah, I mean. In a Sewing sense, yeah. distent 
and training uh-huh. guerrilla fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intelligence type work, I guess. Mm-hmm. That was their thing. So, anyways, um, I'm going to fast forward kind of up to 1953. Um, the director of the CIA is a man named Alan Dulles, mm-hmm. who was in the OSS. Um, I believe. Let me double check that just to make sure. But I'm pretty positive he was. Yeah, Dulles was a was a. Yeah, he was a he was an O he was in the O. OSS and he uh, operated out of Bern, Switzerland in World War II. Yeah. So, Alan Dulles is the director of the CIA in 1953 when they begin a project called MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. If you never heard of MK Ultra, it is the CIA's mind control experiment. Um, and there's one particular character that um, is the, where the conspiracy f- uh, theory behind this lies. Mm-hmm. Um, but MK Ultra itself as a program and as an operation um, is real. It did happen. It's uh, declassified now. Mm-hmm. You can actually get on CIA.gov and look at some of their unclassified documents. And there's tons and tons and tons of them about MK Ultra. Um, yeah, I have one pulled up right now that was written for Public Affairs staff um, to give to the uh, CBS News Network. Uh, what on, What was the, the date on that? 60, 60 minutes. Seven date. Uh, this one's December twenty third, nineteen eighty four. Okay. So, but that's still early MK Ultra coming out. Like that's yeah. that's around Iran Contra and MK Ultra first coming out. So, yeah, yeah, MK Ultra. I mean, in in so MK Ultra lasted from 1953 all the way up until I believe 1971 or two, something like that. Yeah, yeah, early to mid 70s. And it was a super classified secret um, operation. The CIA and the government did not want people knowing about MK Ultra because it was kind of wacky, right? I mean, we were yeah, we were doing some shady attempting things, attempting to mind, attempting to mind control people, mm-hmm. yeah. And not only so to in the a, U.S., but also MK Ultra had like there's a huge descent of or um, population of people in Canada who were mm-hmm. controlled under the MK Ultra program um, and ended up yes. suing the CIA. In the 90s over yes, it. Yes, there's, there's tons of civil lawsuits that went into it. Um, some of them are actually connected to Martin Luther King yeah. and his assassination. But um, anyways, MK Ultra. so I keep saying mind control and all that stuff. It, it wasn't like we brought people into – or this, I say we – it wasn't like the CIA brought people into rooms and was like dangling a, a clock watch or right. what's that called? Yeah, hypno- hypnotize uh, them. A yeah. pocket watch in front of them yeah. or whatever, trying to hypnotize them or, you know. Yeah. It was um, LSD. In the 50s and 60s, LSD became the popular drug, I guess. And that's kind of what they used mm-hmm. to. Um, they would give it to individuals and dose individuals up on LSD 
and use that as kind of a way to manipulate them, I guess, yeah. into doing what they want. Because LSD kind of over a, over a period of time will fr- will fry your brain. Mm-hmm. It'll like completely ruin the transmitters and the signal mm-hmm. in your brain. In early usage, they thought it was actually a true serum because it just made it made people just have verbal diarrhea and just spit stuff out. Yeah, and well, that, that's the thing is that this is LSD in the fifties. This right. isn't LSD now. I yeah. mean, LSD is a chemical thing. Science has come a long way, and LSD now still dangerous. It's still a mm-hmm. drug, but. It's a lot safer than it was back then, I'm sure. Oh, back yeah. Back then, I'm sure Definitely. it was just like a chemical compound of who knows what that would turn you into a friggin' flapjack. <laughs> but there is a um, sub-project of MK Ultra called Operation Midnight Climax. <laughs> and it was established in 1954 by a man named Sidney Gottlieb. He was a chemist. Let's just pause was, for a second. Hold on, let's pause for a second. Let's... The operation is literally named Midnight Climax. Okay, yeah, I want the whole audience to hear <laughs> Midnight Climax before we tell you what the operation was. All right, continue, good sir. Yeah. Okay, so Operation Midnight Climax was established in 1954 by a chemist who was in the employment of... Um, The CIA named Sidney Gottlieb. And what Mr. was his Gottlieb, name? I'm sorry, you you had some feedback there for a second. Lauren turned Sidney Gottlieb. Okay. Did you get? Did you catch that? Okay. Yeah, yeah we're back now. We yeah, there was my, some kind sorry, of there was some kind of delay there for a second. Drop there for a second. Okay. Anyways, so. Sidney Gottlieb set up a, a web of CIA-run safe houses in San Francisco, New York City, and Toronto, Canada. And these safe houses were turned into brothels, basically, where prostitutes who were paid by the CIA would target specific men and bring in these specific men or um, the CIA themselves would bring these men there and be like, oh, hey, we got you this gift kind of thing. Like, you're at a safe house now. Enjoy your time with this chick. Anyways, <laughs> so that's where the um, Midnight Climax name kind of comes from. Is <laughs> So men would be brought into these brothels and they would be dosed with LSD unknowingly you know you can mm-hmm. just they, they would slip it into a drink or line it with us on a cigarette or, or a cigar or whatever and um they would dose these dudes up on lsd and there would be one-way mirrors in the room where i don't know if you've if you've seen the movie um night at the el royale yeah uh, how they have that one-way mirror the, mm-hmm. in in the basement or whatever. That's kind of the setup that would be going on. There would be a one-way mirror where CIA operatives could sit behind and the whole room would be bugged and everything like that and they could watch and listen 
to these men who were dosed up on LSD who were in the comfort of a woman. I mean... And uh, didn't know they, they were being spilled watched. The, spilled the beans, you know. Yeah, they had no idea. They they thought they thought they were safe. You know, they were yeah. they were in a brothel. You know, what C what CIA operatives going to be in a brothel? You know, you you when you think of CIA, FBI, those types of dudes, you think of them as kind of a higher class individual who's not right. going to an respectable. Like that. When really they were the ones that set up the establishment <laughs> in the first place. They owned the brothel. So that's MK Ultra Operation Midnight Climax. Um, kind of the, the, the rundown of what those things actually were. Now, to dive into the conspiracy part of it, we talk about um, Charles Manson. <laughs> so I'm talking a lot on this one, and if anybody gets sick of me or has any questions, just cut me off i'm pulling a tyler but um <laughs> we'll, we'll jump in there don't worry <laughs> now now hold on i will jump in there real quick and and, um, and tell you tell something before okay, we get yeah. too far ahead into the conspiracy side of this one thing you have to think about when we start thinking about the cia doing all this crazy stuff that seems like completely outlandish is the world that we were in at the time now the CIA is an executive branch. That means it is completely at beholden of the president, essentially. Right? So, like, the executive branch has power over the executive agencies, like the CIA, the FBI, um, etc. So, whenever you have the late 40s, early 50s, um, we were really worried about the Soviets, right? We were worried about the Soviets creating um, something and coming in. There was a movie released... Um, it was first a book in 1959 and then a movie in 62 called The Manchurian Candidate. And um, it's actually said that, oh, the CIA director. Um, I just completely went blank on his name. Um, Dulles, Dulles was, yeah, sorry, was obsessed with The Manchurian Candidate and was concerned about that kind of situation, which was a movie where a um, foreign agent got, or a U.S. soldier got brainwashed when he was a POW and then turned into a politician in the U.S. as like a um, Trojan horse situation. So Dulles was obsessed with something like that happening. So he was trying to get ahead of the Soviets with chemical balances like LSD and things like that to, to beat them to that um, situation. So while it might seem like <clears throat> you might be there sitting there going, why in the hell is the CIA running a brothel in San Francisco where their methodology was definitely strayed and askew, their concerns were valid. So, but they did end up creating, like Tristan's about to tell you, some of the worst people that our country's known for the past 50 years came out of MKUltra. Well, so this <clears throat> this actually didn't this didn't this the act of everything they did in MKUltra didn't it directly uh, violate like the Geneva Convention? Oh yeah, 100. percent I don't know. The, the, just, the, like... the Canadians, especially with the Canadians, that well, they, even, they experimented yes, and they on even experimented because that's with a Canadians. foreign citizen. Mm -hmm. 
So that's yeah, technically that's an act of war. Yeah. Technically, yeah. Technically, but it's using, yeah. but even then, using chemicals on your own mm-hmm. citizens. Type yeah. Of thing. Yikes. You know, just, and so there's a fine line here. So parts of MK Ultra operated within the prison system. Within the prison system, which Tristan's going to tell you about in just a second, I won't. I won't take too much of his thunder there. Within the prison system, system there might have been a little bit more leeway for them to do things because they were offering commuted sentences and things like that in exchange for it. More but on the thing. general populace, like Operation Midnight Climax and Operation Bluebird, which was um, what the Canadians or what a psychiatrist was running out of Canada in Montreal. Those were completely against any international code of law that we have um, as far as humane treatment, torture, all of that. They definitely violated that. The prison system, uh, that's kind of back and forth on what was actually violated there. But to answer your question, if I did. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out there, like, you know, just the seriousness of... yeah. Like, this is something that happened. I mean, it's proven that it's happened. Like, it's out 100%, there. 100%, yeah. And CIA has admitted they did it. Like, the government, our government was doing that, and like, hey, you know. I, I mean, know. think of think of nowadays how upset people get at the thought of the government, like, looking at you through your webcam mm-hmm. or your phone camera or listening into your conversation. Which they do. Imagine if they were bringing you into a brothel, <laughs> tricking you into having sex with a woman, and dosing you up on LSD. And then recording it and using it as leverage. Yeah, that's a political level of privacy yeah. invasion. I yeah. mean, like... That's just yeah, a Saturday it's... afternoon for... Yeah, yeah, for the CIA, it so. is just a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> These are the, if you got, have you guys seen the, the Snowden movie on Netflix that talks about yeah. Edward Snowden's... What he actually had to do? Man, like... Okay, I will... Sidebar. I will tell you in... 2013, 2014, I definitely was not as open-minded as I am now in a lot of those things, and I would have just blatantly labeled Snowden a traitor. But now, man's a goddamn patriot. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. All right, Tristan, floor is yours. Absolutely. I don't know if anybody heard me crack that cold one open earlier, but we're not <laughs> sponsored by Bud Light, and if anybody's out there listening... I but we are like... sponsored by Threadweird. <laughs> you can go to threadweird.com... Um, or just Google Threadweird, and it's the first one that pops up. Use the code rabbit hole, and you can get 10% off all kinds of... Actually, I, I yesterday, all day, I was wearing my Bigfoot leading a unicorn shirt. What did you say that was? Threadweird? Threadweird.com. T- yeah. T-H-R-E-A-D-W-E-I-R-D? D. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, period C-O-M, and then rabbit I, hole. Found out I... Might not know how to spell yes, weird. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tristan. Obviously, we're sophisticated <laughs> individuals. Believe everything we say. Anyways. Because <laughs> at least one of us went to college. None of our brain power goes to spelling. It all goes into this. So it all goes to conspiracy theories. <laughs> Anyways, I guess uh, before we straight off topic a little bit here. Um... What do I want to get back onto? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Um, the Soviets were doing this kind of thing um, because they don't really believe in the same type of rights and mm-hmm. uh, stuff that we we do. They were doing this thing to their citizens. Um, there's 
definitely rumors of the Chinese doing it to their people mm -hmm. and uh, POWs, um, the Vietnamese, the Vietnamese, which comes a little later, obviously, but yeah. and the Korean, the Koreans for sure, Koreans, yeah. the the Japanese in World War Two, the Germans in World War Two. Um, even though it sounds far fetched, there there is evidence of uh, many many people trying to. Just think if one of one of the three of us was in a place of power. I mean, the type of crazy shit that we believe in, um, <laughs> the the kinds of things that we the kinds of experiments that we could conduct. I mean, CJ so be building a monument someone... in Washington to Freya. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get any sort of like someone who believes in any little bit of mind control into a high power of office like that, the kinds of experiments and stuff they can conduct, it's endless. But anyways, yes, back on to what I really want to get into here. Charles Manson. So um, I believe everybody kind of knows who Charles Manson is. He was a, a whack job. I mean, in, in, mm -hmm. in the 60s, he uh, had his fan, the Manson family, and which was like a cult, basically. That And he convinced— God, I love cults. <laughs> he convinced these people to commit murder on his behalf, pretty much. And uh, they committed the Tate-LaBianca Tate murders. Um, well, so there uh, was, as long uh, as was some others. There was, there was nine victims total, uh, I believe. Yeah, nine yeah, victims nine. total. So. Is it, uh, and <clears throat> I want to go ahead, CJ. So I, I just wanted to like his whole belief thing was literally based on a song by the Beatles. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he literally, I mean, that's Hel yeah. Yeah. The, the album Helter Skelter or whatever. Isn't that which, it? which oddly enough. Now I, this is not a proven thing or anything, but the CIA oftentimes uses music, um, as a torture type technique. Um, and I've oftentimes wonder, as you go through here, think, I wonder if they were using Helter Skelter, like they use modern rock albums, to imprint ideas and torture as like the CIA does nowadays, which we know they do. You know, they oftentimes they like have a favorite track system they like to play in Pantera and Godsmack are at the top of it. Um, whenever they're torturing citizens. So well, that could be one of those things where like when you when you train a dog Right, like you you give them a treat, or like say they they have those clickers, right? Whenever you say do this, you click. They know like a treat's coming. So exactly. like, what if what if the song was a foreshadow to something that was happening, and he just mm -hmm. he took that and be like, this is this is what's been programmed in me. Yep. When this song happens, and uh, and Tristan's about yeah. to elaborate or, on that, or even if I mean if if they dose you up on LSD and put you in a room and they're just blaring, you know, music. Yep, you're gonna associate something with that music. It yep. may not. It may be good. It may be bad. You know, and maybe they just tried it a bunch of different albums, and that's the one that made him click. Mm -hmm. Or something. Say unpopular know. opinion, but, but I would probably would too if I hadn't listened to the Beatles nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um. So yeah, Manson. Um. In his early life, he he didn't have uh, a a good home life. 
didn't have uh, a good uh, upbringing, I guess. His his, parent, his father was kind of out of the picture. His mother was a prostitute um, who was arrested several times. He witnessed it. I'm sure he witnessed some other things in her life. But um, <laughs> anyways, Manson had the, had a rough upbringing i guess you could say he he was in trouble a lot he was um always in trouble for truancy and petty theft at school he set a school on fire when at the age of nine Same. um he was in and out of foster homes and stuff like that because his mother was also in jail a lot stuff like that so in 1951 october 1951 manson was transferred to natural bridge honor camp which is a minimum security institution on a psychiatrist's recommendation notice i said psychiatrist which psychiatrist does it say it does not say it just okay. says on a psychiatrist recommendation okay um while he was in that uh camp institution whatever you want to call it i guess it was kind of a uh, it's i don't know exactly what natural bridge honor camp it is but it seemed like kind of a place for like troubled boys yeah like a boys um, camp kind of thing yeah but he was moved out of there transferred out of there for several uh, disciplinary offenses um three of which were involving uh homosexual acts so he was known to okay. be violent and aggressive and kind of try to put himself into those um, situations of, I guess, power, especially on uh, boys. Huh. Interesting. But, and this is all when he uh, – at the age of 20. Uh, at the age he of 20? 21. Yeah, he turned 21 after he got moved to a maximum security uh, reformatory in Chillicothe, Ohio. They actually just clo- so, I was I was reading about that Natural Bridge camp right now as you were talking about that. They actually just closed it like five years ago. It stayed open all the way from then till now. Yeah. Well, um, we'll get into something else that Manson's connected with that has stayed open for a very long time until recently. Um. But anyways, so. When I'm, when I'm getting down to this, I'm not going to go through the in-depthness of Manson's imprisonment and stuff. But he was in and out of jail a lot. He was arrested a lot. He was in prison a couple times. Um, but after his second imprisonment, he, which was in 1958, he started to get arrested and then released days, or, days later. Right. Like, for... Petty things, of course. I mean, um, fraud and, and petty theft and stuff like that. But the conspiracy behind all of this is what I'm getting, what I'm trying to get to here is um, that while he was in prison his second time, he had been recruited in a sense uh, um, by the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the 60s, the hippie movement began, and there was a large large number of people that um, didn't like the government, didn't like the war that was going on in, in Vietnam. And the hippie movement was the, really the, the main force behind that. Um, think of today we have Antifa. 
mm-hmm. uh, back then it was kind of the hippie movement. Like they were the bad guys. Right. They were the ones that were, you know, protesting and all that stuff. The government needed a way to make the hippie movement look bad. And Manson was that poster child. Yeah. They could recruit him and drug him, slip him LSD and stuff like that, release him from jail, let him walk free, let him do his normal crazy shit that he did. And since he was involved with the hippie movement, when they would activate him or however you want to say, and he committed those murders or talked people into committing the murders, whatever, that would put a stain on the hippie movement and um, disenfranchise them, I guess, is is the way of putting yeah. it. It would, it, yeah, it would put a stain on right. the hippie movement and make them paint them make, in a negative light. People around the world being like, yeah, people around the world would be like, oh, they're bad guys, you know, because this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but there was a um, something that I mentioned earlier. One of the things that was open until Manson, like, that had to do with Manson. It was open until recently. And there's no, I can't see any mention of it on here, but I know it existed, was there was there was a clinic. Um, I want to say it was called, like, New something. New Haven. Yeah, is that the one that his, his a couple of his female followers ended up in as well? And then released from? Hate Ashbury. Hate Ashbury, yes. Yes, Hate Ashbury. Yeah. Yeah, Hate Ashbury Medical Clinic is where uh, Manson was known to go to. It was a f- f- like a free, one of those free clinic type mm-hmm. things. And Manson was known to, to go there. Um, to see his PO, well, right? The, yeah, which is odd. You don't, Why yeah. would you go to a clinic to see your parole officer? So, the also a lot of his followers went there as well. So, um, the conspiracy behind that is that he was being fed LSD mm-hmm. um, and other drugs probably while he was uh, going to this clinic, and uh, that the clinic was a cover up basically for the CIA um, giving him these drugs. Right. So that Hate Ashbury, and now the other part of Hate Ashbury, his P. What was his PO's name at Hate Ashbury? Do you, you remember what that what his name was? Oh no! His PO has some really, some really interesting things that go along with him. Um, for instance, he actually. Okay, now to wrap our heads around this. Um, Leslie Van Houten. I know that his PO was involved with the CIA or the government in some some shape or form. I re- I remember that. Yeah. Um, and and the the crazy Manson's thing parole about officer that. was like friends or something like that. Yeah. With like the CIA and, director or the 
Yeah. And even ended up um, Keith Morrison. Keith Morrison is his name. So he was Manson's parole officer. He actually ended up for a short time adopting Manson's son with one of his followers. Um, I don't... There's a There was a weird situation where a couple of... You know, a lot of Manson's followers were women. They were younger women, impressionable teen girls. Um, they would oftentimes come uh, to his uh, clinic. Strays. Yeah, strays. Yeah. They would oftentimes come to um, the hate... Ashbury Clinic, I can't remember exactly the name, but to get abortions. Yeah, um, hate Ashbury. Hate Ashbury, yeah. They would come to get abortions and things like that because it was a free medical clinic. Um, and at one point in time, um, Leslie Van Hooten, one of his followers, and another one of the females, I can't remember what her name was, um, actually ended up in a getting like a pretty significant case brought against them for domestic and, like, child endangerment. And Manson's parole officer and his parole officer's wife went to those two women's trial and testified on their behalf that they were good women and ended up adopting their kids and taking these kids who Manson fathered and these women had and bringing them into their home. Why the hell is Manson's parole officer adopting his kids? A lot of people think that he, yeah. that that Keith Morrison actually might have kind of been a follower of Manson's, or that he was helping the CIA facilitate Manson to commit helter skelter, as he called it. And um, because I mean, as we all know, I mean, have you have you got into what helter skelter was yet? No. You want me to kind of? You gonna you plan on doing it? Yeah, go for it. So, helter skelter so was. Manson's ideology that so the late 60s besides the hippie movement we know we have another extremely significant problem in California at the time we have the race riots and we have the Black Panthers forming okay so Manson created this thought process ideology theology called Helter Skelter okay and it was that by committing the the Tate murder um or the Tate and Labiata murders, that he could pin those on the Black Panthers and then create a race war in which a race war that would destroy all of the United States. And he thought that the African-American population would, be, would become victorious and that him and his followers would emerge from the ranch to lead the African-American population that had now beaten out the white population. And that's what he called Helter Skelter. It was kind of like an apocalypse crazy-ass ideology. I mean, I don't even know how he comes up with this crap. Like, this is just, like, all over the place. He has to, like, incite, like, ten things to get it to even happen. But, um... Now, whenever you are talking earlier about the CIA trying to use Manson to paint the hippie culture in bad light, there's a lot of conjecture and thought process on did the CIA actually... Um, was it the hippie... Culture that they realized that he did that for the hippie culture, painted them in a bad light, and then he thought, well, maybe he can do that for the Black Panthers and the and, and these groups as well. So they were trying to let him commit those and and make the Black Panthers a scapegoat for it, essentially, because that's what his plan was. So Helter Skelter was a crazy ideology. Crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, Manson himself was a white supremacist, and um, well, he also he Jesus. That, I mean, he's got yeah, he's got a uh, he's got a swastika tattooed on his forehead. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so his his belief that what he was doing was um that he was gonna gonna uh, pin that on the Black Panthers, basically. And start the race war, but he was being manipulated by the government mm-hmm. into basically doing the same thing that he was trying to do before yep. the hippie movement. Mm-hmm. I think is what was actually going on. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, because he was just being dosed up on LSD. And, <laughs> um, I think Sent he was uh, definitely ma- manipulated. Don't get me wrong. Manson was Manson's a douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> awful he's person. A, a terrible person. Yeah, like um, the devil incarnate. Mm-hmm. But he definitely was manipulated in a sense by the government. I mean, yeah. I mean they they recruited him. They found him out. They were like, this dude is a bad dude. This is the guy. You know, he's already has these violent tendencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, he raped a boy. And, yeah while he was in jail. And we're skipping uh, over a lot of, which for the sake of time, a lot of the shit that Manson did prior to this. Like, there was a time that Manson was actually running drugs for the CIA into Sinaloa. Like, actually retrieving the CIA's LSD from Mexican cartels or the early versions of Mexican cartels and moving them up into San Diego. Proven fact. It's crazy. Hmm. I hadn't gotten into that a whole lot. That's new to me. Tom O'Neill actually wrote a book about um, about the whole Manson drug mule. He wrote another thing. one. Yeah. Um, I know he wrote good. Chaos, which is yeah. about like MK Ultra and Manson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got he's got another like thing about yeah just the, uh, out there if, if for people who are listening. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to really deep dive into this stuff, um, listen to or you uh, read whatever, however you get your books. Um, Chaos. Mm-hmm. It's a book by Tom O'Neill. It's about uh, Manson and MK Ultra. Yeah, and it's it's but, very good. Um, a couple of other famous uh, subjects. Of MK Ultra would be um, Whitey Bulger. I don't know if you guys know who that is or not. Which blows my mind. Uh, he was a yeah a famous Boston uh, crime boss, James Whitey Bulger. Um, he was convicted of racketeering, extortion, murders, drug trafficking, all that fun stuff. He, uh, he was a mob boss, pretty much, uh, an Irish mob boss. But. Yeah, he was um, convicted of 19 separate murders, but they think he's committed over 150. Yeah. It's his count. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, following Whitey Bulger's 2013 conviction, he wrote um, a 70-plus letter, page letter, um, or wrote 70-plus prison letters to mm-hmm. a juror named Jeanette Olhar, Ol, Olar, um, explaining that he was 
manipulated by the CIA and forced into MK Ultra, mm-hmm. and that he was a subject of MK Ultra, and it basically rotted his mind, um, and caused him to commit murder. Yeah. Like the thought process that was like it, it essentially erased his the empathy um, concept in his mind, so he couldn't empathize yeah. with anybody. Is what he was saying. It's wild. Ted Kaczynski is also. Um, I don't know if that one's confirmed or not, but Ted Kaczynski, Ted Kaczynski the Unabomber, um, was also. Rumored to have been part of MK Ultra, uh, rumored to have been a subject of that. Yeah, that is confirmed. I just, I just double checked on that. It is. He was 16 yeah, whenever confirmed. he was, um, whenever he was um, in the. He was actually, and he is a model who wasn't. He was actually brought into MK Ultra when he was in college, as a college student, not as a prisoner. A lot of the MK Ultra people that we talk about are prisoners, but he was actually a college student. Yeah. That's where they recruited a lot of their uh, a lot of their subjects is because one they were stuck there anyways so they were easy to get a hold of and two um, the individuals that they were looking for were violent um, individuals mainly um, if you want to manipulate someone into being violent and aggressive then it's going to be easiest on you to find someone who already shows those kinds of tendencies. So, oh, yeah. you know, if someone's if someone's mean to animals and murders animals or something like that, or is cruel to animals, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be easier to convince into hurting people. So, just to you know, give the kind of a background on on that. But yeah, and the CIA conducted. I mean, this was like a this was a wild time for the CIA. <laughs> I, I just want to be – I want to step into the life of Alan Dulles for yeah. just a couple of years. I mean because the CIA from 1950 all the way up to like 1980 mm-hmm. or even further than that, honestly, up until like the 2000s, they've done some wild shit. I mean yeah. – 1953, oh, yeah. the Iranian coup, uh, they toppled the Iranian government and established a um, – 1954, the Guatemalan coup, they did the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Alan Dulles was the, the dude behind both of those, uh, the CIA director behind both of those. Um, Syria, we, we did mm-hmm. – there was a CIA-backed coup. Indonesia, like, man, this time CIA period, was doing some wild stuff. Uh, the Bay of Pigs? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, everybody knows what that is. Um, Contras? Yeah. Yeah. Iran-Contra. That's a, That was the 80s, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like 83. Yeah. You know, before we step my too far away from this, a little bit. my favorite person who was a MKUltra patient confirmed MK Ultra, MK Ultra patient was actually um, an author, Ken Kissy. Um, so 
I'm sure we have every single one of us heard of this, this, the Kubrick movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Well, right now on Netflix is a show called Ratchet, where they it's in the same world, in the same hospital as One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is I've a... I've seen Ratchet. You have seen Ratchet? Um, One Flew Over mm-hmm. the Cuckoo's Nest has... Um, what is his name? Same same guy from The Shining. I would know his name if I wasn't trying to think of it. Um, Jack Nicholson. Okay. So, um, Ken Kissy actually wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and his inspiration for that was his time in the MK Ultra project. And he actually wasn't a he wasn't a prisoner as well. He was a grad student at Stanford, and um, he unknowingly signed up for the project, and uh, that kind of laid the groundwork for him writing One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, and then us getting all those movies and things based around that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen Ratchet. It's a very good series mm-hmm. on Netflix. Um, if you like American Horror Story, it has serious American Horror Story vibes mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, it's very good. I think it's got a, uh, the same actors as well. I've yeah. never really watched American a Horror Story a whole yeah, it's lot. It's got Sarah Paulson in it. She's the she's the main person. Um. So do you want to? Yeah, we can kind of jump from from MK Ultra, kind of leads almost into um, Iran Contra, but MK Ultra kind of started dying down in the in the eighties, and a lot of that was because Congress started figuring out about MK Ultra. Uh, there was a death. Um, what was what was that feller's name that died? Um, was it George White? Maybe. Um, I can't remember exact name, but there was a guy who died um, who had some serious connections, who was dosed as part of MKUltra. Um, he was one of the scientists that was involved with the MKUltra program, and he ended up jumping out of like a third-story window and dying while he was dosed. Um, so th- the people that he was connected with said, hey, we need to investigate this. There's no way this dude's going to jump out of a third-story building and kill himself. Um they investigate it and they figure out the CIA dosed him with LSD. So then Operation Midnight Climax starts coming to light, Operation Bluebird, Operation um, MKUltra. And I'm sure if you're like us, you probably think the CIA was linked to a few other dirty things in the 60s. Um, maybe some JFK stuff, some things like that. So the CIA... I was going to say, are you wanting to jump straight to Iran-Contra, or do you want to cover some uh, earlier happenings first? We, we can cover some earlier happenings if you want, but but what I'm, what I'm trying to say with this is the CIA, to appease Congress, said they were shutting down the MKUltra project um, just so Congress wouldn't dig more into what the CIA was doing, which some pretty, like, we we're talking about all these coups that they're orchestrating, um, and Iran-Contra was just something that they, they literally got caught with their hands in the cookie jar on that one. Um, and, and honestly, 
we're, we'll probably um, talk about JFK at some point in time, or we might even talk about him today, but JFK is another thing where there was a lot of people that ended up on the investigation committee who were people who wanted JFK dead. So anything that came out of, I can't remember what exactly the, the committee was called. Um, it was named after the senator who, who was in charge of the committee, but the congressional committee that investigated JFK's assassination. I have a hard time believing anything that came out of that committee. I want to say it started with an H, like the Harrison Committee or something? The Warren like Commission. That. Warren Commission, yes, that's it, yeah. Um, I have a hard time believing anything that came out of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, okay, so before we get into JFK too deep, because uh, we only have time to really cover either JFK or Iran-Contra, so would you like to go in chronological order, or do you want to stick with CIA operations versus CIA assassinations? Or how, how do you want to do this? Which one do you um, want to do? Flip a coin. CJ? So we got time for one, friend. and we can do another one next episode. Do you want to talk yeah. about Iran Contra, or do you want to talk about JFK? Do you want to go in chrono- chronological order, chronological order, or do you want to kind of put like like items with like items? You know what? Screw it. Let's just talk about JFK. Let's, let's do it. it. All right. All right. What chronological order it is then. Well, so, well why, why don't, no. if, if I'm getting to make a decision, let's do Iran, because I think JFK – is going to be a big one that can solo set its whole self. I think we could run a long time with just JFK. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you're probably right. And yeah. I'm drunk, so I shouldn't yeah, make the, decisions right both, now. Both, uh, <laughs> both of the Kennedys, um, as long with Martin Luther King. Uh, oh, we, can, we can kind of dive into those later. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I say Iran Contra uh, wins, then. Iran Contra yeah, so. it is. I'd say be better. We wouldn't have to rush through it. I don't want to rush through JFK or any of that. <laughs> okay. So let's um, pull a couple tabs up here. Give me two seconds. So we're going to f- fast forward a little bit. Um, we've talked about MK Ultra and and uh, Operation Midnight Climax. The potential... Um, conspiracies behind those uh, operations next we're going to fast forward just a little bit and um, I'm sure Christian will probably be able to give you a little bit more background on Iran Contra itself I'm not super detailed on that but what I can do is kind of give you the setup for it Um, mainly talking about one specific man in particular and um I don't know if anybody that's listening has ever watched the movie American Made, but that's kind of what I'm going to be uh, giving the rundown for real quick. But American Made is a movie about a man named Barry Seal. Barry Seal was a pilot in the 80s who was um, hired by the CIA to um, take pictures, basically. Of So this is still in the cold... This is still during the Cold War. Um, we've shifted our focus from Asia, kind of. And now we're focusing heavily on South America. 
um, communism is at a is at a at a rise throughout all of South America, um, in Argentina, Venezuela, Honduras, Guatemala, tons of places. Okay, sorry, I'm back. Okay, I'm getting the Barry Seal. Um, so Barry Seal was hired to f- to fly down to um. What's the name? Columbia. Nicaragua or Colombia? Yeah, Colombia. Colombia. He was hired. Ooh, I guess knees. Okay, I'm good. I think I'm good. Huh. He was hired to fly down to Colombia over the jungles to take pictures of um, the guerrilla fighters and their camps and stuff mm-hmm. like that down there for the CIA. Well, one day Barry Seal. Um, has to stop down there in uh, Honduras, I believe, or Ecuador, mm-hmm. one of those two. I think it was Honduras, yeah. Anyways, he has to stop in for to get fuel, and he's approached um, by a man who gives him an offer to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that's when Barry Seal starts his career as a smuggler for the Medellin cartel. <laughs> and that's when the cocaine um, business in America starts to explode. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry Seal begins flying tons of cocaine from Colombia to the United States. And what he does is he flies like a, this little bush plane type thing. Yeah. And as he's flying over the swamps and the bayous of Louisiana and Arkansas, he, he starts shoving it out of the plane. And it floats. So it hits the bayous and floats up to the top and just sits there. And someone comes by on a boat and picks it up. And Barry Seal gets paid. So Barry does this for a, a long time. He gets hooked up with... Um, What's that dude's name? Pablo Escobar. The main guy that started all this. Pablo Escobar. He gets hooked up with Pablo Escobar. Um, they they make a deal. They start working together. He's He basically owns the town of Mena, Arkansas. I mean, he <laughs> opens up. Mena, Arkansas is a pretty small town at this point. He opens up a, an airport and like five or six banks in the town of Mena. Yeah. All of them housing his money. Um, curiously enough, who was the governor of Arkansas at this time? I'm asking uh, you guys. Would that be Bill Clinton? It would be Bill Clinton. Okay. <laughs> Old Billy is the governor of Arkansas at this time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, things like that don't really go unnoticed by a governor. No. But anyways... Yeah. Um, so as Seal gets deeper and deeper into this life, he starts to get um, noticed by a couple more entities. And uh, he ends up getting pinched by the American government mm-hmm. and flips and turns into an informant. 
Yeah. For the DEA and the CIA and the FBI. And they let him off the hook as long as he wears a wire, for one. <laughs> and two, he has to start bringing... Because, remember, we're still fighting communism at this mm-hmm. time. Yeah. In Colombia, Guatemala, places like that, there was guerrilla fighters that were anti-communist, and there was ones that were communists. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, we want the ones that are anti-communist to win. Right. So we started giving Barry Seal and uh, tons of other pilots. It wasn't just him. There was tons of other ones. Weapons to fly down to South America mm-hmm. to trade for drugs to bring back up to the United States. And we were okay with this because the only way that those people could take our guns and they could afford to buy our guns was if we were selling their cocaine for them. Mm-hmm. So that's how that whole system worked, basically. We're, we were supplying rebels in South America with weapons, and, but in turn, we had to sell their drugs for them. I mean, right. um, and that's how the cocaine industry in the United States really blew up, is... is the CIA trading guns through, for drugs. Yeah, through the through the government. I mean, the government caused it one hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy. I, I can't I can't believe that because it sp- spreads out from there into a web of insane. I just I just can't believe that one. We are we live in a country today where it is a proven fact. The Central Intelligence Agency sold our citizens cocaine to fund South American coups. And the same CIA is still in operation today with the same leadership and the same operatives. Now, I understand that that there's certain mission needs. There's certain objectives that we have to meet. And there's, we don't want to lose our political sphere or our um, worldly sphere presence that we have. But at the same time, I mean, we're literally selling – they're selling freaking cocaine to U.S. citizens. The U.S. knows how to party. Yeah, I mean, huh? you just got to think about it. Like, yeah. Go ahead, CJ. Sorry. That's all I had to say is the U.S. has – like, they know how to party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just got to think of it like – the, the state of the world back then was red versus blue, yep. democracy versus communism. And communism was spreading fast because it's an easy idea to sell. I mean, mm-hmm. look at what's yeah. happening in the world right now. Communism's Everybody loves communism right now. Yeah. But oh, yeah. That's a big, a big thing right now too, right, is fascism versus socialism. Yep. If you, if you look at it, either, I mean, either side really, it's – the yeah, they're both horrible. They're basically yeah. the same damn thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's that old red versus blue. Form you know, is bad. Yeah. If you go far enough on either side, you end up back on the other side. <laughs> yeah. It's really. It's it's more of it's more of a globe. It's more of a circle. <laughs> like you start off here and you just you work so far around that you're like, hold on, you're literally the same thing. Mm-hmm. I just it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, 
We're just trying to fight the spread of communism any way we can back then. And that's the name of the game. That was what it was all about. And, I mean, if you want to try to put it in today's terms, maybe not so much now. Now it's calmed down a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you think back to, like, 2000 and... Think back to, like, I'm just going to pick a random... 2008. Yeah. Think back to 2008. We were all still super young in 2008. I was yeah. only 11 years old. But I remember... Um, the setting of the world back then. Right. And in 2008, if you, if the president would have came out, if Obama himself, the day he was elected, would have came out and said, we're going to sell, there's this Christian, I'm not even going to say Christian. I want to say there's this group of people in Iraq mm-hmm. that hate the Taliban, and want to fight and kill the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. We're going to sell them weapons so that we can stop the spread of radical Mm -hmm. Islam. We would have been all for it. I mean, we did it, though. Exactly. We did do it. We We did did do it. We've done it plenty of times. I mean, hell, we 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 took uh, Afghan Afghan poppies, heroin poppies. And tons of other places. Yeah. You'd think so, after yeah. enough time, I mean, it's, we would, it's the same thing. We would realize, like, hey, every time we do this, it's typically doesn't go good for us. Yeah, it's the same shit. We're always trying to be like a world police force and mm-hmm. stop the spread of ideas that we don't agree with. Yep. And while I do, in a sense, agree with that, communism's bad shit, and we need to try to stop it. Fascism is bad shit, and we did stop it. Hitler, um, we shut that shit down. Radical Islam is bad. Radical Christian ideals are bad. Radical Jewish ideas are bad. Radical um, Buddhist. Norse right, yeah, as to say, I bet Buddhist. Radical bad. Buddhists are probably yeah. bad. The 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 yoga yeah. that that's gone to an extreme. Okay, <laughs> we've got to ring yeah. that in. Yeah. You ever been beat up by a radical monk? <laughs> radical radical ideas of any sorts are <laughs> bad. I mean, if you're willing willing being willing to fight for your ideas is one thing. Being willing to murder and commit genocide for your ideas is a completely different thing. So, um I forgot where I was even going with this. I just got to I think you were just going on like again. the awful shit that we do that our country's <laughs> done to fight ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing is that we're always about fighting these ideas and stuff like that. And yeah, being the world police force, whatever, stopping the bad guy is what kind of America's all about, you know. But America! at the same time, it's like, man, there's a limit. Like, <laughs> like there's a limit. We need to worry about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we need to worry about communism not leaking into our system, which it right. has. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole another episode we can get into another time is is uh, communist sleeper sleeper agents and mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. But that, I don't know. That's just well. I'm I mean, totally you're, you're completely here. right. Um, no, but Iran you're right. Contra, you go. No, I mean the things that our country has done. Sidebarring Iran Contra, the things that our country has done in the name <sighs> of singularly fighting communism. 
granted, I understand we got to do dirty shit to beat dirty shit. Okay, I understand that. But you have to cross the line to make sure that the line is still there. Right. But no we literally founded the Mujahideen that became Taliban. We as a country sent CIA operatives to Afghanistan. We trained, funded, and supplied the Mujahideen. The Mujahideen becomes the Taliban. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. They literally become the Taliban because we wanted them to fight the Russians. Yeah, since 1970, every entity that we have fought on the planet, we have created uh, through a vacuum mm-hmm. or um, through we still do funding it. of some sorts of our own. Libya, Libya is a, a lawless state right now because yeah, just let them go do whatever. You know, Al Qaeda. We created Al Qaeda whenever we took out Iraq. But back to Iran Contra. Sorry, I'm a little drunk. Iran Contra. Same. <laughs> Iran Contra. I don't understand how Reagan didn't get impeached over Iran Contra. I literally don't understand. Because he was loved. It. Yeah. He was I, loved. I mean, he that was man literally. was worshipped. Well, it says that he wasn't actually. Uh, he. He. he he talked about how he was for it and he supported it, but he didn't actually sign off on it. Like, there's oh, no proof bullshit. that he actually signed off on it. Reagan. So, for those who don't know, what Iran Contra is. Man. Okay. So, was it. I'm sorry, I'm too drunk. Was, was it Nicaragua that the Contras were fighting in? Let me look here. Um, uh, dude, I thought you yes, had all yes. this. Yeah, uh, Nicaragua. Okay. I don't... So, I got it. I got it. It's, it's, it's here. I just. I gotta process it. So, <laughs> the Contras were an anti-communist, um, anti-Marxist group out of Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Oh my God, Nicaragua. Sorry, I'm deteriorating fast. Out of Nicaragua, they were actually called the Nicar- Nicaraguan Democratic Force. Okay, and they were fighting communism in South America. Now. It's literally one of the biggest concerns of the 70s and 80s is fighting drugs in South America and fighting communism in South America, okay? So, Reagan tries to get Congress to fund the Contras. Reagan tries to get them to fund the Contras, and then at that point in time, Congress says, this is like 79, Congress says, no, ain't no way in hell we're we're giving them money. And some some time goes by, and they funnel them some money, and they get them a little couple million here and there. Um, Let me pull up my notes, because I have the exact money how much they actually ended up getting. But essentially, Reagan... or some shit like that? Yeah, like 12 million was the the original. Okay. Now, where Iran comes in... Plus a couple million from other places? Yes, because they actually got like the... The Taiwan, they got the Taiwanese government to donate a million dollars to the Contras. I don't know how they were doing this crap. But so essentially the CIA is just running around asking countries um, for donations to the Contras to fight communism. Okay. So something very interesting happens in like 82, I think. Um, some. What's the. 
I guess it's the precursor to Hezbollah. They're an Iranian-backed terrorist group. Um, takes hostage a plane that has some American passengers on there. I don't okay. think it was a precursor to Hezbollah. I think it was just was Hezbollah. it Hezbollah? Was it because that would have been the early Islamic days? Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Yeah. So I mean, that's so that's Hezbollah essentially. That's what they are now. Um, yeah. Same thing. Which, if you know anything about Hezbollah, they're atrocious. I mean, the, the things they do are awful, 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 awful stuff. Um, all targeted at. I don't want to disenfranchise any any part of our audience, but um, I mean, you know, everybody knows the the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Um, whereas I'm not going to sit down and say one side's better than the other. I'm going to sit down and say Hezbollah is doing awful things in name of that conflict um, and really doing some bad stuff. But they took this plane hostage, and Reagan ends up negotiating a a which we don't negotiate with terrorists, he says, and then he goes and negotiates. Um, paying Iran $30 million to release, to facilitate the release of these prisoners, okay? These American citizens that were taken capture in this airline. Well, Iran actually only in, ends up with about $12 million. The other $18 million ends up getting funneled back to the Contras in Nicaragua. And they don't have anything to do with this. They didn't release these prisoners, nothing. So essentially, the CIA with, he claims to not, but there's no way he didn't, the nod from Reagan, essentially back-channeled $18 million that was supposed to go to Iran in exchange for the release of U.S. prisoners to the Contras um, to fight communism in, in the South. And it is just mind-boggling that, one, Reagan said he would not negotiate with terrorists. Okay, and then he negotiated with terrorists. Two, he agrees to give Iran $30 million for the, for the freedom of these, of these U.S. individuals. And then he only gives them 12 and gives the other 18 to the Contras. So that's telling me that he didn't really care about those citizens. He just saw it as a tunnel to get his money to South America. And, I mean, if... I, I honestly, I'm a little too far gone to get way too far into the Contra situation, but trust me on this. It's a bad. It was just a bad, bad, bad botched deal. Um, it's really a great one to to read about. Um, the the guys that the Contras were fighting were the Sandina Tias, Sandina Tias. Yeah. Um, so if you want, if you want to see how. The CIA has really screwed our government over. Go read about the Iran Contra deal. And so, basically, what I'm picking up because I don't know much about Iran Contra. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm picking up on is that they used the um, prisoners, yeah, as a cover story, yes, to be able to just slip money to the Contras. Yes. Because, I mean, people probably would have been pretty upset if we were using their tax dollars to slip to... And, I mean, $18 million doesn't seem like a whole lot of money right now, but, I mean, well, that's probably, in today's money, anywhere from 70 to $100 million. I'm not... This was in the 80s. It was yeah. a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, that's 70 to $100 million nowadays. I mean, that's a yeah. significant amount of money... 
to be giving to someone who's selling drugs in the United States. Because let's circle back to that. The Contras were trafficking cocaine into the United States. So... Yeah, they got to fund their war somehow, and yeah. drugs is the best way to do that, honestly. I mean, that's how every single terrorist organization in Afghanistan has funded yeah. their wars, basically, is through uh, uh, poppy and mm-hmm. heroin. Oh, yes. Opium. Oh, yeah. Um, another person, uh, if you're if you're interested in Iran-Contra now, and you're like, well, what Reagan screw up there? Another person to look up is Manuel Noriega. Um, he was one of the big players in Iran-Contra, and um, he he was big in smuggling the support. He was actually a Panamanian uh, politician and military officer. If you know, Panama and um, Nicaragua are literally right there next to each other. Um, so, he's so another one to Noriega look up. Before. Yeah. Yeah. I know he was a big deal in something. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's big in the Iran-Contra affair. Um, and also, we weren't just... Like a lot of people think, oh, we funded these people. We just gave them the money so they could buy a couple AK-47s. No, no, we were selling them tow missiles mm-hmm. and yep. uh, things of that nature, like legit weaponry. Yes, yeah, <laughs> not stuff that you can guns, buy on grabagun.com. Anti-tank missiles. Yeah, um, yeah. The, it wasn't just that we were selling them knockoff Russian AKs. Yeah, it was legit stuff, legit firepower. And another thing that I feel like I'm just really bashing our government today. I love the United States of America, just so everybody knows this. Absolutely love the U.S. of A. Um, I just think that we've we've gone wrong somewhere in the past 40, 50 years, um, even maybe 70, and allowing our government to do things that they shouldn't do. Um, but give me one second. Let me do some math here, and I'll. Tell you exactly how many years we have went wrong. Give me like 1948. 243. Because <laughs> we've been around for 244. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. I mean, we had a good run. Well, yeah, we had a About good run there. For, while, while George Washington was in charge. After that, <laughs> kind of just <laughs> kind of petered out after that. But. I mean, uh, once once Lincoln takes office, that guy was a. Don't get me wrong, freed the slaves. One good thing he did. Yeah. The rest of it, that dude was an awful person. <laughs> if Hitler would have won, and Lincoln's a dick. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Lincoln was not that good of a dude. Like everybody's like, oh, he freed the slaves. Yeah, he did. Only. Only because he wanted to win the war. Yeah, it was literally he literally used quote. it as his that's last quote possible thing. Go yeah, ahead, that's a, yeah. a Lincoln quote is, "If I could end this war without freeing the slaves, I would." Now I'm paraphrasing because I'm drunk and I don't feel like googling right now. So, but you people out there listening can dig into that and you can learn that. Uh, Lincoln was kind of a douchebag, and he was also gay. So, and if you want someone to really look up to in the whole <laughs> window of the Confederacy, okay, I'm going to give you possibly one of the greatest guys in Civil War history, and that's Newton Knight. 
You guys know who Newton Knight is? Newton Knight, he was a Confederate soldier. He ended up actually revolting against the Confederacy and creating what was called the Free State of Jones. And it was like these multiple counties in Mississippi where he created his own government um, where everybody was equal, everybody was treated the same, and everybody hated the federal government, no matter which federal government it was. Is Whether it was the, the Confederate States of America. Is that the movie? With Matthew the movie McConaughey? With, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yes, he did a movie about it, yeah. Beautiful. There you go. Uh, we probably All better right. wind this down because we're getting a little winded here. Yeah, um, it's getting out of hand. Um, I'm glad. I'm so glad I'm we, um, this week, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we went, <laughs> we went into this week um, just wanting to kind of deep dive on some uh, CIA operations. Um and as you can tell, we've went out of pocket a little bit, and that's mainly because I continued to drink instead Same. of stopping myself. Same. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed it, and thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys for joining me again this week. Um. Ask the questions, question the answers, and go down the rabbit hole. Real quick, before we go, CJ, do you have an ad plug for me? Can well, you give so me an was, ad check? What I was going to ask was, uh, you guys had mentioned that this podcast got a little weird. Well, they all get weird. Is that is that a little thread weird? It's uh, thread weirdish, yeah. Threadweird.com, uh, promo code rabbit hole for 10% off your order. That's I haven't got my butt episode. my butt stuff clock in yet, but I'm really excited about it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you. Um, if anybody's interested, I'm thinking about starting a cult in the near future, so keep that in mind. Um, Allegedly, be, yeah, I'm, I'll be looking for volunteers on that front. Um, thank you all for listening, and have a great night. <laughs> <laughs>